You should really be injecting opium. You open an opium <laughs> I think I, I respect the troops by dressing up as the troops every day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually have another puppy story, which was on a commuter train, as all of your stories begin, where it was a really, really packed commuter train, and there was this old guy who had a seat next to him, and he refused to give it to anyone. And when someone asked why he wasn't going to give it to anyone, he was like, well, I'm a soldier and I fought for this country. So I damn well deserve this seat. And everyone was just like, fine. Okay. You know, they just, they just stood there. You have no question, like no mm-hmm. protesting, none of that. It's just like, okay, fine. It's great. You know, mm. that's my story. Good story. Wow. <laughs> so on that bombshell, maybe yeah. we should introduce Ooh. our guest. Huh? Oh, yeah. I'm, <laughs> sorry, I'm just going to quietly let myself out. <laughs> uh, so um, this is uh, still Trash Future, the podcast about how the future uh, is still trash. With us is our ordinary cast of, of sort of online dumbasses. <laughs> um, <laughs> hashtag online, hashtag Me, dumbasses. Uh, Riley at Raleigh on Twitter. Milo at Milo Edwards on Twitter, Hussein at H. Kesvani on Twitter, and Hannah Woo. Um, at H. C. Jewel. That's J. E. W. E. L. L. Nice. Uh, so you're not on infringing on the musician's copyright. Um, I just whenever I've started like downloaded any app, I've always thought it wouldn't be a thing and not put any like sort of serious thought into what my my mm. um, handle should be on it and then I have a series of unmatching and underwhelming <laughs> handles on Instagram I'm at can hand gram because every day I like of. to answer the question can hand gram <laughs> Check that I can. Hannah is a uh, writer a journalist and now an author who's come on to our podcast yes. to promote her book for some reason <laughs> I don't know I've, I've been this is a lot like a woman's hour um, that I did yesterday although no it's sort of the opposite of that um, I wrote a book called 100 Nasty Women of History which is about how the past was also trash uh-huh so we oh, have wait, future what? trash. <laughs> we have past trash. Live in the moment. Uh, and we have moment trash. I thought that's why they called it the present. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> I'll show myself that. <laughs> Is that why they call it puppy love? She's like, pack up. I'm Just excited like, for your fans to buy my book, you guys. <laughs> 100 Nasty Women of History. Um, it's basically a sort of comedy tour of history um, from all over the world and trying to do a fun book to read about women's history that isn't just like Elizabeth the first again, because, um, <coughs> you can't grow up to be Elizabeth the first, but you can grow up to be like cool journalists and cool writers and cool yeah. activists that I have in my book. And maybe you could grow up to invent time travel, kill Elizabeth the first, take her place. And you know, that's going to take, it takes a few. Science <laughs> is incredible. And <laughs> who knows what people are working on in a, some nerd in a basement somewhere is working on that right hey, now. And you know what? What your book tells us is maybe that nerd's female. Yeah. Online, I'm going to do some news right now because oh, online's yeah. been extra dumb. Okay, yeah. Tell me about it because I've been kind of checked out of the horrible yeah. internet and it's been nice. Oh, I'm, oh, I oh that must be so great. It's It's been weird. It's I've just been too a big busy doing things and mm. I and I I don't know What's that I like? don't know what, what the bad what the internet is. I feel like I've come to the right place to find mm. out. So you tell oh, me. Good. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, one of the first things uh, I, I think I, w- I want to talk about is uh, the discovery of Osama bin Laden's uh, internet history. The boy. The boy. <laughs> our, our favorite boy. The absolute, the absolute boy. Osama <laughs> boy Laden. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Look, we warned you. <laughs> I mean, actually, no, we didn't. That's why you're here. No, I just sort of got, I got a, I got a car here, and then I just sort of saw Hussein's face. That's, that's, how, like, that's how it all happens. <laughs> This is actually Raheem Kazem. 
I mean, no, if, no, if you take oh, the sprite what a, what a power power He's not wearing a poppy. No, if you take the him. jumper off, there's actually a poppy underneath. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> like so that if Dove if you, ad where he takes Hussain off Hussain the, the yes. sweater and you become white. A, a whiter version of yourself who's it's wearing like a poppy. a giant poppy. <laughs> you just become a poppy. You're a poppy in a nice woolly mauve jumper. I knew you were full of happiness, but I didn't know it was that literal. Wow. Maybe you should pay more attention. So, was, uh, was it that Osama bin Laden yeah. liked cats? Was that? The I mean, last he thing? liked a lot of weird Hussain, stuff. Hussein may look brown, but that's actually opium resin. <laughs> he liked a lot of weird stuff. Um, I think Milo, you found some stuff that that he went on, right? I, I did, yeah. Because so uh, so I I, uh, I discovered in the in the uh, the Osama bin Laden uh, hashtag leaks um, that uh, he. Uh, well, first of all, that uh, that he did nine eleven, which was which was news to me, um, and also that he watched uh, the Disney film uh, Cars, uh, the Pixar thing, um, and I actually I actually managed to find a uh, a review he wrote of it on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, this is uh, written by uh, Osama Baby sixty nine. Um, and it, and it reads, uh, this film is a sickening indictment of the decaying West with the arrogant infidel race car Lightning McQueen played by pathetic Kafiro and Wilson, who has not been anything good since the wedding crashes. However, the film, the film has a punchy soundtrack and is lifted by the performance of Larry the Cable Guy as Mater, peace be upon him, six out of ten. <laughs> that's, that's, that's disturbing stuff. Bin Laden was also a gamer. Uh-huh. Of course. Oh, yeah. Of course he was. Oh my God. Is there anything less surprising? He was a gamer. He um, <gasps> downloaded bootleg episodes of Naruto. Uh-huh. <laughs> I read all this and I was just like... Oh, nice. Dad? <laughs> Is this what you do now that you don't have a full-time job, Hussein? This is basically it. I just... <laughs> you sit around in your pants checking up on... Our, our podcast is going to get on bright. I know. This is what I'm going to leave. Kesvani admits to being son of Bin Laden. That would be... I, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be a cool... And cousin of Rahim. I mean... Yeah, it'd be a cool story. It's an illustrious family. I mean, it's like... the Really, the, the real horseshoe theory was <laughs> that Osama Bin Laden probably had like a giant anime body pillow. <laughs> Yeah, I remember the. Wasn't there like porn stuff that they found? Oh, yeah. and, and then the Sarah what is Palin that? porn. They found. That's not real. Yes, they no. did. Yes. No. Yes. <laughs> no. Yes. Oh man, I love the idea of her, uh, fucking Osama bin Laden doing tribute porn to Sarah Palin as like a weird kind of trolling of like the Bush administration. <laughs> oh, great. men are all the same on the internet. I, I sort of wonder from whether, from bin Laden to me. To you. I, I sort yeah. of wonder how similar Osama bin Laden's. Um, computer content is to Julian Assange's. Oh, can we get Julian on? That's the real, that's the real horseshoe theory. I've read, oh, I a man who's been could. trapped inside for. Uh, here's a here's a horseshoe theory for you. Is that um, basically like Bush and Bin Laden have kind of suffered the same cultural fate, which is that with the advent with the advent of Trump and ISIS, both of them now seem like quaint and avant-garde. <laughs> Like, oh, Bin Laden wasn't so bad. <laughs> he was just stuff, like but, us. You know, <laughs> he wasn't. He wasn't throwing gay people off car park. No. I mean, I think the funniest thing is just the idea of Osama Bin Laden spending hours on YouTube on the comment sections, like trying to convince conspiracy theorists that he, like, nine, like, nine, like he was behind nine eleven. <laughs> I'm gonna like. I want to go and just read some classic YouTube comments now and just imagine like could that have been yeah could that have wait, been wait, which ones were osama but, i mean there must be an internet rule where at least one at one point in your life you've probably had a fight with osama bin laden <laughs> online, online. <laughs> he much like julian assange has had a lot of time indoors on the internet yeah hey you know what i think maybe i found another of the real horseshoe theories which is who spends all their time inside on the internet julian assange osama bin laden paul joseph watson 
And I'm just us. saying. And, and us. And, and us. The, re- the real horseshoe theory was, uh, was the friends we made along the way. Um, <laughs> Wait, Paul Joseph Watson and Osama Bin Laden are the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> they licked the same giant lollipop. Have you ever seen them both in the same room at the same time? He's saying this is something we have in common is that we both got um, totally owned by the same Paul Joseph Watson YouTube Oh, shit. Video. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, because it was when... Um, there was when Milo, other Milo, not you, Milo in the bowl. You seem lovely. Um, <laughs> Thank, thanks. When for the, the other Milo um, was going to Berkeley, and there was a bunch of protests against him, and I did my undergrad at, at Berkeley, and a lot of the time I was there, everything was on on fire, mm-hmm. and people were in trees and occupying buildings, and I have really warm memories of my time there. Mm-hmm. And so I I just found a tweet of there was someone, uh, a journalist there, and on Sparrow Plaza in Berkeley who had um, a a quote that said. Um, the quote was, this is what community looks like. And there's some people standing there like next to a, a flaming like dumpster. Mm-hmm. And I, I shared it. And I think I was like LMAO Berkeley. And then this was enough to get Mr. Prison Planet to uh, screenshot me and be like, BuzzFeed journalist endorses violence. And I'm like, that's not quite what happened, but okay. <laughs> and then he, what did he own you about in that video? Um, I don't know. I can't remember because it was like the same sort of tweet. And I actually think it was, I think it was a fairly like hashtag sensible tweet, uh-huh. which was just like, Oh, Milo's a bit shit. So he yeah, ended- Milo Yiannopoulos, not Bull yeah. Milo. <laughs> Bull Milo sensible. seems like a great guy. Bull Milo is good. I think, I think we need to have like clarification. So like, I am always bold. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think. So I, I, I think Mr. Prison Planet like basically did the same, but he was like, oh, vice journalist, something like that. He so I've, I've heard. I, I've heard a couple of stories about Mr. Prison Planet, right? So he lives in um, somewhere in Battersea. He lives in like one of the new builds. In Battersea. One of like the shiny ones that yeah. they're putting up around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh no! Dad um, grew up on an estate in Battersea. What if Paul Watson and is And I've there? heard that he gets like regular Ocado deliveries. So what I really want to do, I really want to find Even out. Even Nazis love Ocado. <laughs> I really want, I, they I, love fresh produce. I was say, that's a really interesting marketing strategy for Ocado. <laughs> so I really want to find out who his Ocado delivery it's like guy when is. Talk about the Occupy Wall Street people buying Starbucks. It's like my, Milo shops at Ocado. Call yourself a real <laughs> So um, speaking speaking of, of Nazis, I want to talk now about some people who are actually, if you look at it, just as bad. <laughs> Um, God, you know what? You know what's happening tomorrow? It's November fourth. I don't know what that means. Uh, and, and it's uh, anticipate, anticipate the fourth of November because tomorrow, according to the uh, the online right. Um, Antifa super soldiers are going to go into the town square and execute every white family and small business owner. Sorry, what? <laughs> I'm white. <laughs> Should I worry? Are, are you a small small business owner? Um, are you a family? I mean, I'm, everyone's in a family of some kind, so yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll have to have a great night tonight. This um, is my last. Yeah, night. it's um the the basically um, the online right has been going sort of apoplectically insane for the last couple of months about this idea they that were fine before. <laughs> <laughs> Chill, guys. Just now, nice to their okay, moms. How about this? The, the, the online right famously reasonable. <laughs> the, the standing its more history and, and, and shouting, ah, I let that one go. What was the thing that it. we have to like date the alt right to make them understand? Wasn't that someone wrote yeah, like so you have to like go out with you like need to women? Go out with the alt right. Like women need to like just deal with it and date a guy who is one large pimple. Yes, um, and that's the only way to create peace. That's the only way society. to stop the Nazis. Uh, thank you for your service. You're the real troops. <laughs> you, know, you know the kind of stuff the online right says like, oh, well, you know, we don't necessarily agree with the methods or message of these protesters, but given our strong position on freedom of speech, I guess we just have to accept their right to do it. 
Uh, well, what they what they've done is they've been talking about how on November fourth specifically, just they took they just sort of invented it and batted it back and forth. Like one group in like California said they were going to do a protest. Mm-hmm. They have now. It's now been whipped up into such a frenzy that uh, the online right is getting onto YouTube videos and Instagram pages, showing themselves getting like armed to the teeth, um, getting ready to repel what they think is a coming civil war of Antifa. Sure. Yeah, which goes all the way to the top. Uh, the commander of Antifa, George Soros. George Soros. The oh my God! Of course it is. Now time for an advertisement break. <laughs> Lieutenant General George Soros, uh, four-star Antifa commander. He's a really old man. Yep. Wait, I thought the commander of Antifa was Nick Mullen. Uh, and he believe they they believe that uh, Antifa is going to come door to door and murder every white family and Trump supporter and gun owner in the states. And so they have been whipping themselves to a frenzy getting ready for this. And at one point, uh, popular Twitter humorist Krang T. Nelson made a tw- did a tweet that said, uh, can't wait for Antifa super soldiers on November 4th uh, to behead every white family and small business owner in the town square. Jack Posobiec retweeted it. And then Crank T. Nelson got banned. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> because Twitter is really, if you are going they're to be a Nazi, yeah. they're really going to make sure they protect your freedom of speech. Oh, yeah. But if you're a, a pun account based on a Ninja Turtles villain who makes a, <laughs> an obvious joke. Dangerous to society. No, that's a danger to society because they can't know we have the serum. If, you, if, a- you, if you're a black personality, uh-huh. a woman... Or a teenage ninja mutant or villain. Uh-huh. Um, you are an existential threat. Or someone who has come out about um, harassment by Harvey Weinstein. Yes. Yeah. No, that's Get threatening off. as well. That's dangerous. Yeah, that's hey. stirring. Yeah. Uh, you know, that could cause uh, people to do something. But, okay, first question. Yes. What town square? Because this suggests that there are towns with squares and that you're just like, the town square, and you uh-huh. like know where to go to see the, 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 I think the mayhem. It's mainly going to happen in Colonial Williamsburg. Sounds like it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By men with, like, tricorn hats. Yeah, anti, anti, ye old Antifa. <laughs> Another question. You say online right. Is that a choice as opposed to saying alt-right? And if so, why? Um, is that our style guide? Have we I, got a style I guide? Mean, the I, trash I, past, I mean, I, future. <laughs> the trash past. The trash present. Trash, trash whenever. Trash all the time. Uh, I think uh, largely, I think I say online, right? Just because, well, because I sort of think in terms of, of the internet and, and, and technology and stuff, especially for this pod. But, yeah. but also, yeah. they, they, I mean, for context of how much Riley thinks of on the internet, I asked him if he'd seen an Instagram post yesterday and he said, no, I didn't go on Instagram yesterday. And I said, oh, good for you. And he's like, yeah, because I spent all day. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> but like it, it's very nice to meet does, you, Riley. Doesn't it like, it refers to like the guys like Paul Joseph. Yeah, like, the talk people, loads online, but well, it's, like, it's the, the people. House. It's the people who aren't necessarily... Like, you wouldn't call, like, Joe Walsh or, um, like, Kurt Schlichter or whatever. Is it people who don't turn up at the rallies with the torches because they don't leave their house? Yeah. It's like, there's the, you have the the Nazis who turn up with the torches, and then you've got Laura Loomer, uh, who gets banned from Uber because she refuses to get in a cab with a Muslim. Oh, Uh. my God, I saw that. And someone had (laughs) had tweeted and being like, imagine telling your boss that you were late because you're racist. Because she was like, what was it? Like, I'm 45 minutes late to this NYPD press. Press conference, thing, yeah. Because I can't find a non-Muslim Uber driver. 
I mean, at a and certain point, so if you're that racist, how does she somewhere. determine whether they're Muslim or not? Does she like call them and ask, or are there like loads of Uber drivers who like explicitly somehow manage to get into their name that they're? Well, Muslim? I think you know you could like, be like a Lebanese Christian. It could be a Maronite Christian. You know, she'd have no way of knowing. I know. Yeah, you have to. And also, there's like, is, what about Sufis? Like, like does she? How intimate yeah. is her knowledge of mm, the Muslim like, faith? You know, like, does yeah. she know? You could have. You could like have an Arab name and be like a Yazid or something. You could. You, or you, you, she could be a Smiley. I mean. I mean, there's a lot of schisms she's not really aware of when she's choosing her taxi. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, a, it's a really, like, it, it always strikes me the, the extreme effort it takes to be racist in that way and how, um, and, and just, like, the work it must take to, mm. like, hate a very specific yeah. group of people just, and having to, like, just be that late. Perpetrates numerous cell what phones. We, what we can't deny uh, the racists is their work ethic. You know, that is, if we have to admire anything about racists, uh, it's their, their ability to really get This is the thing. Done. I say this in, in my book. I have two South African uh, women in my book who both, and so I talk a lot about apartheid and just like the bureaucracy of it and like having to decide who does and doesn't count as what category in South Africa. And it's just like... Mm. Among all the ways in which it's... Oh, my God. The Oreos. <laughs> the Oreos again. Somebody doesn't care about learning about apartheid. <laughs> I do. I just want to eat Oreos while I do it. And if there's one biscuit that really exemplifies apartheid, it is the Oreo. I want to hear more about the, how I'm, we're going to get murdered. Um... Uh, well, so tomorrow, it's the town square. We'll what happened? Okay, when yeah. this doesn't happen, which presumably it won't, uh-huh. um, although you could make no predictions in 2017, uh-huh. um, will... Will they be like disappointed the way that doomsday predictors, when the world doesn't end, they're kind of sad? And well, it's like, I, I think they're just going to revise their predictions because that's what happens with doomsday predictors. It's like it's going to end oh, next yeah. Tuesday. Wait, it we, doesn't. They, oh, I did the math a little we bit. We read wrong. the Mayan calendar wrong. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's happening d- imminently. But the, I think the really interesting thing is I think there is actually, <laughs> I'll tell you why I think there is actually going to be a fight, which is another meme has been circulating in the online right saying that uh, Antifa is going to dress up as gun-owning Trump supporters so they can, like, fool law enforcement, and it will look like the gun-owning Trump supporters are rioting. So what it means is that there are going to be dozens of gun-owning Trump supporters patrolling the streets of their small towns, deeply suspicious of one another, and on a hair trigger. <laughs> I'm glad to be what in the UK the this week. What if Trump supporters <laughs> were Antifa all along? And so it's going to be like the it's going to be like the enti- the entire the entirety of America is going to at one point get into a countrywide Mexican standoff. This is good. Wait, so it's basically like that that scene in V for Vendetta where he like puts the masks on everyone in the TV. Yeah, studio. they will mostly be and wearing Guy Fox masks, actually. Oh, they will, won't they? Uh, so I'm really looking forward like, to that. What? How has like mainstream politics become 4chan? How is that? That's like the weirdest element. Because, Milo, the future is trash. Nice. Roll credits. Nice. <laughs> hey, hey. See what you did there. Um, so uh, I'm conscious of time. Who's saying, what time are we on? We're at five. So uh, I'd like to close out the first half uh, with a favorite sort of thing to talk about of mine, uh, which is... We're not talking about sex robots. <laughs> not again. <laughs> okay, fine. I have another thing. Um, is it acid? <laughs> okay, I have another thing. Uh which is when online liberals, especially online liberal techies, um, invent something that already exists. Uh, we've had the bus. Oh, we've had the yeah. vending machine. But today we have, I think, the dumbest one yet. Oh, my God. Um, you say this every <laughs> week. You say this every week. Um, Can we have like a snaps for Riley every time he says the thing he says every week? It's like a, a new element. Of so the um, Brianna Wu uh, tweeted this. 
uh, and it got retweeted to me um, by uh, Julia at Remarxist, who is uh, like a Berlin-based good online left person. One of the a goodie. She's a goodie. Yeah, she's one of the okay. good. She's one of the okay. goods. Got she, she's not going to be beheading people. Okay. <laughs> Again, no <laughs> predictions. We oh can yeah. Make well, she's in Berlin, so be difficult. So, um, uh, Brianna Wu said, "We'd be we being America." be a less partisan nation if we taught computer science in schools, debugging is really re-examining your assumptions and locating logic errors. Anyone want to tell me what you think she invented? What did she invent there? Um, I mean, did she invent school? (laughs) Did she invent parenting? Did she invent a bug? Did she invent playing organ trial in the corner of I mean, your classroom? I, I mean, I think those are all great guesses. <laughs> I mean, Did she reinvent the lunchbox? Yeah. Is, it, is, it like, is it like Etch-a-Sketch or no. something? Really what it is, is, when she, is it, this literally is the tweet where she's basically invented philosophy. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. She's, she's invented critical oh, thought. Tight. Yeah, uh, she's yeah. A, it's because it's she, she can only conceive of critical thought as or philosophy. As a computer science as, thing, as opposed to a Foucauldian or exercise. Is, I mean, like, if anyone introduced her to continental philosophy, I think maybe, like, she'd glitch out and, like, sparks would shoot out of her neck. But then, thankfully, she would know exactly how to debug yeah. herself. Oh, of course. <laughs> burn all burn all of the Guy Debord. <laughs> Because when you really think about it, I mean, like, what is really the difference between ancient philosophers and, like, modern computer programmers? I mean, uh, like, Diogenes was famous for, like, masturbating in a barrel. So, <laughs> when you really think about it... He was it, nature's first uh, gamer. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I mean, if he'd have had Mountain Dew or, like, Monster Energy available to him, I'm sure he would have, uh, he would have smashed through that, like, <laughs> like Counter-Strike. And, and like learning to swear in Russian because that's all you do when you play games. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, anyway, uh, to uh, technocratic liberals, uh, they just invented philosophy with, with an allegory to computer science. What's next, you say? What's the next thing that's going to be invented? Maybe like housing. I feel like there's going to be... I mean, that's already, that's already that's like already, in the mix, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Like that stuff is obvious. Um, God. I loved, I loved my opium. favorite... Bring back opium. My favorite thing that was reinvented um, by well-meaning liberals of Twitter um, was someone like sh- saying, what if there was a GoFundMe, but everyone paid into it and then the sickest members of society could take out of it and benefit it. The thing is that this wasn't, this was, I think, a joke. I, I, I presume that I think uh-huh. that was a knowing thing. But um, now that I have moved back to the US from the UK, I feel like my numbers of like GoFundMe's in my in my orbit have, have gone up again and it's a very yeah. dark thing and I very much miss the NHS. The, the NHS. <laughs> dot dot dot. It's good. The original GoFundMe. <laughs> well the someone o- someone the, else the OG healthcare. Some, someone else did something similar recently. I can't remember who it was who tweeted this, but it was another, you know, blue tick dipshit. Um like Hello. Me, hey. Are you do you not have a blue tick? Good job we don't I, do, have I, just, I draw it on my own phone. Oh my god. <laughs> so um, embarrassing. No, it was it was another blue tick dipshit who said, uh, hey, what if we had a system where the wealthiest people in in the country would quote unquote adopt certain public services and then pay for them to make everyone's <laughs> lives better. And was that a joke or was no, it serious? Serious. <laughs> oh god. Can you remember who it was? Or like uh, no, it was it was it was it was a while ago, but it's it's just stuck in my brain as um uh, well well meaning online liberals just invented taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so I feel like I feel like the next voyage maybe somewhere like marriage they'll like reinvent marriage somehow 
to be sound really weird like i don't know um, a tech partnership <laughs> oh, i've no. got a i've got a <laughs> yeah, angel investor oh, no. you know what they'd say they'd say we've hacked relationships yeah. <laughs> what if you make a promise to live together forever what, no, <laughs> for, it's, it's, for sickness and health it's, look we all know what, that it's what if you're what if you're dating a girl but her father pays you to do so in <laughs> I wonder if like we could make some some tech guy will make chastity really cool. So you know you used to have like the chastity rings and stuff, or like mm. the, the promise rings. They have done that already. That's what it's I was just, gonna say, isn't that? It's like- Mike Cernovich <laughs> did that already. Oh, what did he do? I've been well, like, he I- says don't have sex and don't masturbate, so you can preserve all of your masculine power for like righteous protest. Preserve, preserve your nut sauce. <laughs> Mike Cernovich blocked me last um, year because oh. I said that his book wasn't good. What's um, the um, shut up, snowflake? <laughs> <laughs> what's the part of, of Reddit that's for for was it incels? Incels? Yeah, yeah, yeah. R slash incels. <laughs> okay, yeah. We we say pretending. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know. I've never been on there. I don't know. But it could be called anything. I, mean, what? I, I fuck all the time. Actually, I have. I have. I fuck right now. I mean, I've I fucked before, and like you know, it's really tiring, but you get through it, and the reward is really cool because then you get the next level. Um, anyway, I, goodbye. I, I remember, like, Inventing I remember tech people tried to, like, promote sex by saying that, you know, the whole, like, you lose, like, a ton of calories every mm-hmm. time you have sex. And they invented, like, a ba- they invented, like, one of those bands. Oh, Pornhub did this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought it was, like, a legit, like, tech company. I thought it was, like, what a legit, like, Pornhub is a legit tech company, guys. <laughs> Well, you would wear this band when you had sex, and it would like determine how many calories you lost during. Isn't that, that. just a Fitbit? Yeah, it's effectively a Fitbit, right? But the idea, the idea being that you know we're going to reinvigorate band? romance <laughs> by letting you know that you get personal benefit out of making love to your wife. So, like, oh, there is a reason. Yeah, finally, <laughs> to get numbers, to get points. Finally, finally, I have a reason to have sex. I feel like I'm sadder about the world now than I was like 40 minutes ago when we I mean, started talking. I mean, that's like to be expected when you leave this place. That's the tagline. You'll that? leave, you'll go to like the darkness of Hackney and you'll just wonder, oh, so, okay. In, in terms of sadness about the world, um, I think uh, that's where it's time to just take a quick break and we'll be back in just a moment. The Telegraph told me something recently, which is that Prince William warns that there are too many people in the world. Area man with three children <laughs> complains about brown child in, the, in his lawn. Yeah, uh, Hussein, you are oddly, um, oddly prescient. Uh, yes, his complaint mainly is that there are too many browns. How did he put this? There's no way that he could have put this well, but like, what, what he, were his Was words? he like speaking at some like conference about Africa? Yeah, his great, well, is, um, too many he was speaking. Know your audience, he, Prince William. He was speaking, well, he did know his audience in this case, because he was speaking as the royal patron of the Tusk Trust, uh, which protects wildlife. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and he was speaking at the charity's gala dinner in London, saying that measures needed to be taken to save certain animal populations. And he believes that the best action we can take is to reduce certain human populations. This is really bad. Certain human certain, populations. Eugenics. Yeah, which one? It's good. <sighs> we this are going- reminds, this is like when the royal family, who was it, like, which member of the royal family who was caught, like, doing a Nazi salute or something during oh, World War II? Oh, who hasn't? But it's like Prince, like, isn't it, was it George? Was it the Queen? No, it was Harry. <laughs> 
Oh, I mean, I, okay. I think someone actually was there's teaching, been someone was teaching. No, 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 no. But I mean, there's Nazi. a picture historically the the British royal family um, wasn't always no, anti-fascist. Just, just, I'm just imagining Prince Harry on an advert in a Nazi uniform with like a, a subscript that says like, it's my culture, not a costume. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh God. He says, we are going to have to work much harder and think much deeper if we are to ensure that human beings and the other species of animal which can share this planet continue, can continue to coexist and that... Uh, he echoed the views of his uh, grandfather, the Duke of Edinburgh, who said voluntary family limitation was the only way to tackle the growing human population's threat to conservation. Ah, uh, yes, the Duke of Edinburgh, who is good and definitely has not said anything bad or even racist. In his whole life. Ever. Just no, been clean slate. Good He's made it. It's a good Straight age. shot to old age. The OG uh. woke. <laughs> The OG oh, Woke the Bay. Duke of Bay yeah. <laughs> and um, I do I do credit the Duke of Edinburgh though with just like fucking trolling for his entire career <laughs> of the royal family. I don't think that guy I don't think that guy gives a fuck about anything. I actually think he's like the least pernicious of any of them. Like because he just like he's like, well, this is he's, fucking he's bollocks, so isn't it? obviously he's terrible. He's not pretending exactly he's not pretending <laughs> to be something that he's not. Is he's, the royal family is basically like yeah. the Jacob Logan Paul of Britain. <laughs> Can you sort of envision... Yeah. I mean, so the thing the, the thing about population control is, like, I feel like this is, like... It's like a, it's like a thing that needs, like, the, the population of the world just cannot just keep growing, like, at the rate... Because eventually there will be too many people. I mean, like, at what point that is too many? I don't know. I'm not an expert on this shit. I mean, saying that we have to control the brown population, bad. <laughs> saying we have to control population in general, nah, probably true. Um, that, that people, like... Birth rates go down when countries are lifted from poverty. There's mm-hmm. ways that he could have said that we need to and eradicate extreme poverty. There's so many things he could have said that yeah. would have been really nice and didn't. productive, and he just didn't. Yeah, you can be an environmentalist yeah. without being um, horrible. But I think yeah, it's, in fact, <laughs> I believe in, fact, in that. That's one of the easiest things to do. I think there's like a, there's a certain culture around, isn't it? Because like I think there is a set, there is definitely like a deliberation. There's a choice mm. between saying, "Hey, it'd be really good to kind of invest more in foreign aid and help like poor countries, or in um, contraception and readily yeah. available, and just yeah. like be good eggs and help people and get you know teach them about stuff. Then you know we can help them you know be better. There's going to um, be a thing where the next royal baby comes that people are like quote tweeting his pre his, that. Him I was, I, I was going to say that who's the little one is Prince George, isn't it? Is his name George? I don't know. Let's just call him George. Um, <laughs> Prince uh-huh. Area Man George um, will probably become, I mean, he will be like the first YouTube um, royal, right? And he'll definitely be a gamer. And I think mm-hmm. that what we'll probably end up seeing is he has to fight Baron Trump, a posh PewDiePie. <laughs> Oh, um, nice. I'm going to do another uh, another quote from this uh, this article. It says, Africa's rapidly growing human population is predicted to more than double by 2050, a staggering increase of three and a half million people per month. And there is no pres- question that this puts pressure on wildlife and habitat. Oh, the wildlife. And it's the Africans' the fault, lions. too. The Africans need to do something about that, according to... Um, Isn't this the problem of, like, rich white dentists flying to yeah. safaris to, to kill lions? Uh, yeah, rich white dentists tend to murder uh, those. But also, as in other... Yeah, I mean, like, really, the way to control populations, if Japan has taught us nothing else, is just to get people fucking hooked on hentai. <laughs> <laughs> because nothing can match the sweet, sweet loving of a hentai. An inspiring vision color. of the future from <laughs> Milo and the Bull. <laughs> a chilling vision of things to come. <laughs> but seriously, what sucks about that so yeah. much? I'm voting for a bull. <laughs> he tells it like it is. <laughs> 
yeah, what, what sucks about about him saying that and his mind going there? This is uh, Prince William, William, not not the not ball. Not the ball. <laughs> um, is is that it's fundamentally it's a, a political the distribution of resources is and the protection of freaking wildlife is a is a political problem with a political solution. As in, the, there don't have there doesn't have to be hunger. There don't have to be famines. Um, so screw you. <laughs> the official trash position. I'm so tired, you guys. <laughs> Uh, I think it's ultimately also the um, like the degradation of sort of habitat, the degradation of the environment. <laughs> like it's again, like I think seventy percent of the world's greenhouse gases are down to like nine companies. Yeah, it's companies just, are good. Yeah, oh, yeah. they're they're great. They create People jobs. Who are good? Yeah, you should be they're lucky great. to have they a job. Run the NHS. That's a good transition to <laughs> the next. That's that's a story. wonderful <laughs> transition to the next. Speaking to the next of thing. the ravages of capitalism. Uh, oh yeah, so there was some really some just pure capitalism happened uh, yesterday. Pure oh, uncut. <laughs> pure. Put me oh, on a drip. Yeah, slam it straight into my th- the space between my toes. <laughs> slam the capitalism. <laughs> um, I injected into my eyeballs. Uh, basically, there was a, dra- a unionizing drive among um, sort of the employees of uh, Gothamist and its sort of sister publications around the states, like Chicagoist and stuff, um, and their sort of uh, parent company, DNA Info. Uh, there's a drive to unionize the um, writers at these as publications in order to get sort of essential health benefits, uh, living wages, and, and similar. Um, Fucking commies. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> And meanwhile, uh, Joe Ricketts, uh, the billionaire owner named after a Victorian childhood disease. Um, it was named after him because all of his like workhouse workers had it. And oddly enough, they all had TB. I don't know why they call him Ricketts. Um, he is a two- He's actually a badger. He is the proud owner of $2.1 billion, was a Same. major Trump donor. And he's the he purchased uh, DNA info and all these these uh, sites uh, a couple years ago. Uh, he decided to shut down uh, the entire operation in response to his employees' drive uh, to unionize. Seems rational, and oh, normal, yeah. and not mad. At all. Uh, he's not mad online. Normal, yeah. To be fair, they were Sounds very like unreasonable. Smart, smart business heads in big companies once again prevailing. <laughs> you know. The one thing you see, the thing about the guys in business is they always know what the most practical and pragmatic course of action going forward <laughs> is. Very you know? reasonable. They never do anything crazy. My favorite part was how he created all that value that's now being enjoyed by society, and we're all better off. Yeah, <laughs> that's why we're all here today. That's, hey, guys, maybe the real value was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> well, that's the only value they have because they're not getting paid anymore. At a certain point, the more that companies overreact to unionization efforts, and this is a story that's near and dear to my heart because um, before I left BuzzFeed UK, I was leading an effort there to unionize it, which is <laughs> ongoing. And so I've got to see in very intimate detail the lengths, the lawyering, the like emotional trauma mm. that is inflicted on people who try to do this, um, people with the best of intentions trying to to create a union in a, and also it's not that deep. This is what I, I keep thinking is that it's it's just not that deep. Um, and then seeing the kind of especially more like online new media techie people's response to this at a certain point, if you and this this happened at uh, at Fusion, didn't it? They they. Successfully unionized, and then they were like, shut it down, move it over here. At a, you know, like companies, CEOs, if you're listening to Trash Future, everybody's unionizing. <laughs> everybody's unionizing. At a certain point, you're going to run out of people. I think it's an ethos of a lot of places like that that, oh, everybody's replaceable. Well, if Prince William has his way. <laughs> 
Oh, Sooner or later, we'll have media. to resort so to the Browns. Were, They're the so only growing mass. When you were leading that drive to to unionize at uh, at BuzzFeed, uh, what kind of pushback do you get from management? Oh my god! Like, I mean, I left. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> pushback uh, one. I got a, got a better offer at, at the post um, where there is a union, and I have so far not seen my innovation crushed. And I think the the pushback is is sort of a a shock, a leadership there taking it very personally, mm. thinking. Um, but you should be lucky to be here. You should be lucky to be here. Um, seeing is it? But don't you like me? I'm a good manager. Not seeing um, the the. I don't know. Well, Hussein was in this office also with me. Yeah, I mean, I'm very cautious because of NDAs and like mm-hmm. yeah. too close Okay, to you don't have to talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, but generally, yeah, generally speaking, like I think Hannah's like got it right in saying that there is this culture in newsrooms generally. Because I also yeah. I currently mm-hmm. work in a newsroom where all union efforts were effectively crushed, and everyone who tried to go and form a union ended up getting fired, mm-hmm. and the boss who oversaw that basically said I don't give a shit and then you are like basically showed you're replaceable we'll replace you with people who look better on camera we'll pay them more money and you can, you guys can go fuck yourselves um, sounds reasonable we'll replace yeah. you with a, one, a mannequin one, made entirely from poppies <laughs> <laughs> one, one thing I, I hear quite a bit is oh well why would you want to unionize this is such a nice place to work we you have a climbing wall you have snacks <laughs> and jelly beans. and jelly beans it's a very jelly patronizing beans. kind of argument that was definitely heard there and I and I um, yeah I think the the way that it is the response is always like but we're so fun um and, and I think that there's an underestimating of especially what millennials would like from benefits in a workplace in mm. terms of their pensions. And like, mm. we're all kind of worried about the trash future and, mm. and want to plan for that. And we want, we want backups for when things go wrong that don't rely on our management chains. Um, and sometimes you can't use jelly beans for that. Sometimes you can't. There's some, there's some illnesses that can't be cured with jelly beans. <laughs> Crazy. But guys, we have a bean bag breakout like What more do you want? Um, so returning to the rickets thing, they actually, I think they didn't go the Patrick patronizing route uh they they actually just shut it down they literally said uh, the decision by the editorial team to unionize is simply another competitive obstacle making it harder for the business to be financially successful it's not that deep let me just say i work at the washington post now Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm pretty new there is a unionized workplace with uh, like with that it's not that deep that Mm -hmm. people i i I came away from busby thinking like i need to hide my like Union opinions. Even though I was like leading this, it was sort of it, it. It was made to feel like a dirty, bad thing we had done, and now people just have little placards all over the Washington Post office that say "Build the Guild," and it's very like, oh, oh, it's not a dirty secret. It's just a mm-hmm. part of the workplace. We're very like the Post is so innovative. They are profitable. There's a newspaper that's profitable, mm-hmm. and I just am hearing all these little like tech bro whispers in my head, being like, no, if you have a if you have a union, you can't innovate. You can't ever get a promotion. You so can't do this. So in order like, to innovate, you need the threat of starvation yeah. constantly hung over your head. Like you need Bat- to be like replaced. In the dark, in the Dark Knight Rises, mm-hmm. and the only way that he could, he could get out of that tunnel mm-hmm. was by not wearing anything to protect him and just believing in the power of the bat. <laughs> and I feel that's you know a lot of you know, and Batman is kind of like a conser- like a hero for like all these conservative chuds, right? So I think they saw that and they were like, yeah, we you know the Bruce Wayne method of literally having to get yourself out of a dark hole to get some food is a good thing to translate into the modern labor force are you sure you're not breaking your nda saying that (laughs) your your nda with the with that man (laughs) with the joker you know what so you know what you know what we 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 were talking very innovative villain we were talking about what would happen if i ended up in court 
because I'm like a, a, a judge or a lawyer like reading all our WhatsApp messages from the no. Trash Future from the Trash Future podcast oh, I'm <laughs> implicated no on September 29th you called Milo in the bowl brackets a chud <laughs> would you elaborate on what that? is binge what is to be corn carved <laughs> Uh, so I think I really want to focus on that um, phrase, uh, another competitive obstacle making it harder for the business to be financially successful, because that begs the question, for whom? <laughs> for whom? Which leads me yeah. to want to talk about Todd Ricketts, Joan Ricketts' <laughs> idiot fail son. Go on. Just a quick intro to who he is. Um, was given the Chicago Cubs as a present by his dad. That's sweet. Um Went on an episode of Undercover Boss where all of the employees nakedly hated him for his incompetence, uh, was nice. fired multiple times and had to come back in different guises, <laughs> and then didn't pass ethics vetting to join the Trump White House as Deputy, Deputy Secretary of Commerce. Wow. <laughs> can, we do, can we do an Undercover Boss episode of this podcast where Ryan <laughs> comes on as a guest and we bitch about the guy who usually runs the podcast? <laughs> You're just wearing like a moustache <laughs> stovepipe hat. <laughs> going, uh, I am quietly Rin. Yes, that'll do. It's kind of nice to know there's a line that the, the Trump vetters were like, you know what? <laughs> you can be this a This guy's too far. There is a line. It might not be where many people want it to be, uh-huh. but there's a line. Yeah, there's a line. And it's and drawn what do you under, think it is? It's drawn under Todd Ricketts. <laughs> oh, no. Imagine being on the wrong side of that line. The Ricketts, the Ricketts scale. <laughs> the Ricketts scale. So it, it, it does, it reminds me really of one particular story where um, he had to go and sell hot dogs during a game, <laughs> but never collected any money for them and sort of walked around limply to say, uh, hot dogs, hot, hot dogs, dogs, hot dogs, hot dogs, <laughs> hot dogs, it is a hot dog. You need one? Just one? Just make sure you tell how much it is, 450 That's $4.50. I think Rocco was a pretty good coach. I felt like I picked up the techniques pretty uh, quickly, but to no avail. So how are we doing? <laughs> I think poorly. You're doing poorly? Well, it's Got a lot of hot dogs to sell. All right. Hot, hot dogs, hot, hot dogs. Hot soul. Who needs a hot dog? Hot dogs, yeah, how many need? No, two. Okay. i get myself organized here really quick. Call out the change. All right. This way they know what they're getting back. Mark was a little slow. He was a little shy. His handling of money and was subpar. Uh, fired. Is it because he doesn't know what money is? Is it because he's never seen money? Because he just—it is money. Money is in the air yeah. around him. He—he—it's—it's it's every day, bro. <laughs> um, as as Todd Ricketts always says, "Bitch, I am money." <laughs> and that was the line they couldn't cross. And um, the great thing is, at the end of every episode of Undercover Boss. Uh, and again, usually, I mean, this is just sort of placated, sort of trinkets that sort of the capitalists toss to their workers to try and, you know, keep them placated. Um, but Todd Ricketts was famously the worst gift giver at the end of any Undercover Boss episode ever. Um, where usually they just give cash bonuses, they buy them cars or whatever. In this case, um, the guy who fired him for uh, doing a bad job with the hot dogs, uh, he sat down and was like, I'm actually, you know, the big boss. Who, who knew? Um and then he said, but your dedication to this company, the prize is you can throw out the first pitch of the game. Thank you. That's just like a, another job he has to do for free now is throw a pitch. <laughs> That's just more unpaid labor. He has to go to work. <laughs> yeah, he's going he's gonna, to, for that fire, the usual pitcher who was actually unionized. 
Um, the whole thing is a big scam. So, yeah, uh, that's why uh, we can't have unions, because then Todd Ricketts might not be able to own the Chicago Cubs, which he definitely deserves because of meritocracy. Yeah, but, but he will get he owned by it. all his fellow employees. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's real ownership by the workers. Right <laughs> I guess I'd like to, to move on uh, to one, 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 a couple of final thoughts. I was hoping you could uh, relate maybe one of the stories of a badass woman who might have done something good. A good-ass woman, question mark? A good-ass woman. I, there is a whole section of my book called Women Who Knew How to Have a Good-Ass Time, which is like the sort of like cool like singers and performers who were just like what if I was nude constantly in public and they're like but it's the 20s and, like, fuck. and just like not to be confused with Riley's book men who knew how to eat a good ass <laughs> I'm so glad once again not to be able to hear Milo in the bowl <laughs> Milo likes to, basically uh, well, is, we, we once had an episode pod. where we got distracted talking about analingus for a long time you guys have to have Ben Henry on this podcast if this is what oh, he'd be good yeah he'd be good oh, I was perfect. gonna ask are there any like women podcasters in your book <laughs> no, <laughs> no. It's about it's about women who do stuff. There are there are broadcasters. There is um, Dorothy Thompson, who is a broadcaster who would um, who one of her gigs in the the hashtag media world of of forties America was broadcasting like anti Hitler propaganda into Germany during the war. That would have been a podcast, and she would just be no. like, "Fuck you, Hitler!" <laughs> and they like couldn't stop it. And it was um, I think it's called Radio Free Liberty, and um, and so she yeah super owned Hitler every day on the radio so yeah <laughs> and then Hitler was not mad online <laughs> he was so mad uh, well I think um wait Hitler was tweeting through it going <laughs> like what's a final solution how am I owned I'm gonna find what it might take me a second but there's a good oh yeah um yeah they uh they the Nazis called her the scum of America for this and so yeah that's high praise high praise you want the worst people mm. in history to call you scum Oh, of then course. You're, you're having a great time. But I want to, like, so the, the woman who I want to talk about actually okay, of course. is Jaivan Desai. Have you heard of her, anyone? Is she the name there? rings a bell. Do you know the Grunwick dispute? Does that yep. ring any bells? Mm. So she was, oh my God, I can't find her in my book. <laughs> Cut that out because I sound stupid. Um, <laughs> put it as the, in, put it as the intro. <laughs> it's, it's the new podcast theme. It's the new theme tune. Oh my God. <laughs> so, um, Jaiben was a uh, was an Indian woman who came to to Britain um, when many Asians were kicked out of East Africa and arrived and was working in a factory that processed the Grunwick factory, which processed film um, for people's like holiday photos. Because in the olden days, you you actually had to. Um, send off your film and then people would put chemicals on it and then you get some back and it would be like here's my nudes <laughs> someone had to look at them um, so anyway she worked in send news brackets <laughs> send nudes in five to ten days paint nudes um, <laughs> I have some of that in my book too telegram um, nudes so, so she was working, she was this immigrant to Britain who was working in this factory and was being treated like crap. And she wasn't, she, it, was a, it was a factory of other, many other South Asian women who were unable to take wee breaks and were like punished arbitrarily and all of the things you can imagine that are bad that might happen in a factory run by pricks. Or a news organization. Or news organization. <laughs> run, by, run by one of the rich. NDA. NDA. Um, run by old silent <laughs> At the news factory. The now, we can't have these women unionizing. Um, and so she and, and, and that she was in this position of being like 
um, her, the bosses there who were very also creepy and like, mm. ooh, all my beautiful women who work here. And, and they wait, w- I thought it was the sexual revolution that made oh, men God. sexually assault people. Um, it was actually fine back then. That's what I keep hearing. <laughs> women didn't mind. So um, that, that was from the National Review. I don't think that. That's, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm jumping out the window. Um, so, uh, she, so Jaiman told um, her crappy boss, um, what you're running is not a factory, it is a zoo, but in a zoo there are many types of animals. This was after her boss had called her and her colleagues chattering monkeys for like talking too much. Um, so she said, some are monkeys who dance on your fingertips, others are lions who can bite your head off. We are those lions, Mr. Manager. Um, and what she did basically was, Darn, nice. yeah, <laughs> fucking owns him. That, that totally, that totally <laughs> triggered my ASMR. Um, and so she's in this sort of like, she's in a financially, you know, and this is the thing when I was th- thinking about when I was unionizing BuzzFeed, I could do it cause I'm in a position of privilege. I, I was someone who was, well, I thought had a good reputation in the, con- in the company, but as soon as you kick off, um, um, there may be some revisions to whether or not you're good at your job in your reviews and so on. But anyway, um, she, but, um, but I knew that like worst case scenario, I like I leave and I'll be able to get another job. Um, but, um, she, she decided to stand up to her bosses and, um, basically walked out with her colleagues in solidarity for one of the many wrongs they had been, had been done to them. And, um, and it kind of became, they became known as the Saris, the strikers and Saris. Let me say that again. Hmm. They became known as the Saris and strikers. And I have a picture Wait, in my on, book. You want one more time. Fuck me. God, it's been a very long time. Okay. <laughs> long couple of days. They became known as the strikers and Saris. Um, and I have a picture in my book of, of Jai Ben who's, who's standing um, at a picket line. And she has a sign that says the workers united will never be defeated. And, um, it kind of became a huge national story. Something cool that happened is that a, the postal workers um, started blacklisting the the photography factory company thing. <laughs> Sorry, Grunwick. I swear I wrote a book, guys. It's all accurate in there. I'm tired, but the book is accurate. Um, and these were mostly white working class men who were who were um, in solidarity with these women, um, uh, which is cool to read about because I think there's a lot of the way we talk about like mm. Bernie versus Hillary or like in, in or Corbin versus whoever the fuck over here um, <laughs> is, is thinking that um, you are either you know, like all the post-Trump analysis being like, it's because we didn't listen to the white working class. Yeah, the, the center left wasn't racist enough. I know, yeah. And saying like, uh, that is like, oh, what if there are women of color like this who are actually leading pushes like this mm-hmm. and very, and, and um, yeah. So it was not a rosy story. They, um, there, it, was, it was very brutal. There were managers coming into work, like knocking through these women with their cars. And, and um, she... Uh, and then the, the TUC got, like, the national level unions got involved and made it their, like, cause celeb. Um, yeah, so it was the it was the mostly white and mostly male postal workers in the Cricklewood sorting office of the post office who, who joined the strikers. Um, and they apparently, one of them said, you don't say no to Mrs. Desai because um, she was apparently very formidable and you just couldn't say no to her. She was tiny, she had her little handbag and um, was, was a lion, as she said. Um, she, they started seeing pushback from a coalition of conservatives who um, called surprise, themselves surprise. <laughs> hey, hey, they are, uh, called the National Association for Freedom, acronym NAF, mm-hmm. which I think is an unfortunate that's, acronym. That's wonderful. Um, and <laughs> um, who were decided to point out, and probably away with some 
not dog whistling, something longer, louder than a dog whistle. Uh, whistle holds a whistle. whistle. They were whistling that. <laughs> <Yeah>, kazoo. <laughs> look at these terrible women. Uh, unions have too much power. Let's let's uh, let's go around the country and personally deliver the mail that the that the um, postal workers won't. Delivering the mail to Ode Valence. They were. De- <laughs> Delivering the news. <laughs> old, old Silas Ricketts delivering the mail from his Rolls Royce van. Um, yeah. So, and and Margaret Thatcher was the leader of the opposition at the time, um, and she and Naff got together and were like, "Let's let's let's make this. Let's let's drag them." Um, and and eventually, it became clear that they weren't going to win. And what they wanted was the right to the right to recognition. Um, Shocking. There were government. There was a government panel and government reports saying like. Uh, an inquiry that revealed, like, yes, they do have the legal right to do this, and they should all get their jobs back. They should do this and that. Um, and um, and the management at Gremlin were like, but what if we just didn't? What if we just ignored this this decision? What if we ignored the law? Mm, very smart. Um, See, that's fourteenth dimensional chess. Yeah. <laughs> Ignoring the law just to like, own what the if lives. the law, but not less. Like what if that? Um, Guys, what it if? became kind of clear that they weren't going to win this. Dispute. The um, the TUC kind of decided to to back off and kind of and kind of left them to fail because they didn't want to go down with the Grunwick strikers. Um, so Jaiman did feel very like burned by both unions, the Thatcher, the Chath Thatcherites, um, and in fact, in the election of 1979, when Thatcher came to power, um, Grunwick was a big talking point. Mm-hmm. Um, and but what I like is that she. Had some when it was clear that they 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 hadn't succeeded in it. She she spoke before all the people who had been striking with her. She told them, "We have shown them that workers like us, new to these shores, will never accept being treated without dignity or respect." She also said they wanted to break us down, but we did not break. Um, and so she, I wish I had heard of her. She's uh, she's someone that people should know about. As are the other ninety nine women in the book available mm-hmm. from Hodder and Stoughton. I think it's fifteen pounds right now. And she got to throw the first pitch at the action. <laughs> yeah, I know. They're like, you can't have a union, but... <laughs> Here's a climbing wall. You can throw the first pitch. Do you want to join the arsenal and you can be the goalkeeper? So- Soros is going to be okay with us, like, advertising a book, right? Uh-huh. I just wanted to check that before. Oh, of course. Yeah, Soros. Yeah. Soros this is a, a lefty feminist book that is about actually, like, it's about why women should hate men. And why oh, yeah. they're actually good. Yeah, 100%. I started and getting my first my first trolls on Twitter, and it only just came out yesterday. Well, have you gotten your Soros check yet? Oh no, that's in the mail. <laughs> Wait, no, who's, he, who's delivering the mail? <laughs> oh no, he he's sending it with his nudes. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait for like, 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 like Paul Joseph Watson has to decide between going outside to scab deliver the mail and like risking exposure to the sun, where he might not be able to it's access his giant red lollipop at all times. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's too busy. He's too busy dipping sushi in milk. Hey, <laughs> hey, that that story owns. That's that's like a good reason to buy that book yeah. and learn about um, some some women that did some shit. Basically, this is, some, this is a thing. At one point, I forget where I say it in the book, but I'm like, guys. You know, I just realized is that like women have always been there and we keep, we always hear nowadays about like, just noticed <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? I mean, like I thought women were invented in the 1980s <laughs> when we began to have like, no, no, you know, no. actually guys, uh, women were invented by Hillary Clinton and anyone who doesn't agree is. <laughs> so, women have been doing things like forever. That's my point. That's all. Yeah. And they've been good at things. 
Oh, I'm so sad. <laughs> <laughs> you guys made me sadder. <laughs> oh, no. Just kidding. Oh, if I could read, five star this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. That's one hundred um, nasty women of history by me, <laughs> Hannah Jewell. And uh, I suggest everybody goes out and buys a copy early and often. Yeah, it's very Christmas present often. shaped. I'll uh-huh. say that. Looks like it would be satisfying to wrap. Yeah, it, it's got a good. It's got a good heft. And uh, I know I'm going to hurry to my nearest internet to not. purchase the thing. <laughs> to torrent it. <laughs> torrent the ebook. Uh, there is an audiobook um, by someone who has a much nicer voice than me and who also figured out exactly how all the women's names are supposed to be pronounced in it because I wasn't allowed to do my own audiobook because I moved away from London. But it, um, I was actually texting her before with like questions about before I did an interview earlier. Be like, um, how do you say this word? That so I you can wrote? listen to the book while you pump weights. Yeah, oh, obviously in your t-shirt. Which while you make love, while you make love to your <laughs> wife for the purpose of burning calories, <laughs> <laughs> it can be on in the background. But with a condom because we can't have overpopulation. No, listen, listen to this audiobook while you deliver mail to her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Any more for any more? Uh, Hannah's Hannah's book is the only ethical consumption on the couch. <laughs> um, no, because I'm actually running in Finland. Yeah. So. Okay, uh, Hussein has to go be a grown-up man. He has to go do a real like grown-up thing. It's pretty funny if you know that's, Hussein. That's hilarious. Um, and uh, Hannah Jewell, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you guys, I think, <laughs> for having me. It's been a pleasure meeting you via the medium of the bowl. Yeah, it's a lovely bowl. It's nice blue and white, large. I would eat a salad out of it. <laughs> Next up, the Roger Stone Power Hour on Sirius XM. <laughs> <laughs>